back to a mini-sode of Weight Wine Wisdom. I'm super excited to kind of dive into this. Today, we are talking about the reality of self-care. And self-care looks different for everyone. Um, and there's so many ways to go about it. Um, in my experience, and the most typical one is obviously like pampering yourself. Anything to like make you feel beautiful or make you relaxed. Um, like taking that bubble bath or going to get your nails done. Stuff like that um, have been known to really help make you feel good. Um, but I really want to talk about the true self-care. Like caring about yourself enough to know that you deserve the world. And I don't like always using the word deserve because it can be, it can, it can be an entitled word where, you know, I deserve that promotion. I deserve this, um, or, uh, excuse me, it can be an entitlement or it can be an excuse. So I deserve this ice cream because I worked so hard this week. So I'm going to treat myself, right? Um, I've been saying for the last couple weeks of being on my queen shit. Now, what this means is that basically I know my worth or I'm continuously reminding myself of my worth because I'm on my queen shit. I am a queen. Jess is a queen. So trying to embody that and understanding that in order to be on my queen shit, I need a queen community. And I also need to make sure I treat myself like a queen because no one else is going to treat me like a queen if I don't treat myself like a queen. And the best queens are the ones who care for their people, care for themselves. Um, they lead and they love and they are powerful and badass. So on your queen shit. Okay. So self-care in the best form is to actually dive into yourself and into your psyche and how you think and process different situations, different life occurrences, how you handle stress. So self-care is being able to be so self-aware of your thoughts and your behaviors and how you can alter them to make sure you are still at peace or you are still mentally, you're taking care of your mental space. So with quarantine and everything happening, I felt really good at the beginning of the COVID fiasco. Um, when transitioning more out of work, more at home, more downtime, I think I'm an outlier in regards to I enjoyed the beginning of quarantine. I was really excited to t have all this time to do all these things that I've been wanting to do and knowing that those things were always going to make me a better person. So I was excited to, you know, get reading. I was excited to get outside more. I was excited to spend more time with my dog and my friends, even though, you know, social distancing, all that stuff. Um, I was excited to just have time. 
And I feel like I worked really hard in these last couple months of determining where my natural patterns come from of my, you know, people say, you know, they might have a short fuse, for example, I naturally have a short fuse and I don't think I was born with it. I think it was something in very early childhood that, um, you know, of course, again, life occurrences happened and it just kind of sticks to you. You don't know how to cope. So you find alternative routes. So even as a kid, you may have started indulging with food to hide emotions and you didn't even realize it. Um, and then later in life, you're still, uh, you're still using that pattern when things get tough. So in these last couple months, I've been meditating, I've been journaling, I've been reading, I've been learning, and it's taught a taught me a lot about myself. And this is my favorite form of self-care is understanding where your thought processes come from of every situation and where your initial reactions come from. So again, with that short fuse, if you naturally have a short fuse, where does that stem from? Why do you get angry so quickly? And how Can you use the information of where it stemmed from to change how you react in the future? That gets really complicated and deep. A lot of people are not willing to go into their psyche that deep and mostly because it's dark. Um, A lot of the times these behaviors that we carry on, these patterns that we carry on into our adulthood stems from our childhood. And childhood is is rough for some people. I mean, you don't even realize the triggers that happened in, you know, those young years that you still hold on your body. And I believe every part of your childhood makes you who you are. Every, every inch of that childhood is carried with you and it makes you who you are. And so reflecting back to your childhood and understanding why you act a certain way can help you change your behaviors for the future. And this is growth mindset. This is the growth. Um, for me personally, it's hard for me to change something if I don't know why or where the source is. So for example, this is going to be very personal, very personal. I was struggling even in these last couple months of 2020, I was struggling very, very heavily with self love. So that's different from self-care. Self-love is, again, owning that queen shit, loving yourself and every inch and every aspect of yourself and knowing how much you're worth, right? On your queen shit. So I was really struggling with this self-love and I was talking very badly about myself. I would look in the mirror and I would just be absolutely disgusted. I was covering up. I wore a lot more makeup than I was used to because... It made me feel better. Um, And 
I was, it was draining. It was exhausting thinking so negatively about myself. And my body wears that negativity. Your body wears its negativity. So if you find yourself being a little more negative, um, just in general with things you can't control, but also just negative about yourself, if you're talking down to yourself, your body carries that. Negativity, negative energy is inflammation and your body will reflect that. So if you start speaking nice to yourself, you might lose weight. Yeah, believe it or not. Um, and you, you might not either, right? That's not science. Um, not yet, at least. But negative energy is inflammation in the body and the brain. And so you might hold on to weight more. You might hold on to water. You might hold on to your food a little more. And it just creates this sort of spiraling effect. If you're talking negatively about yourself, you then have a binge eating episode and saying you don't deserve uh, a good body or you don't deserve to feel good about yourself. You don't deserve these great things. And that is the lack of your queen shit, girl. So because I was experiencing this, I was trying to talk it out loud. I was speaking it out into existence of the way I feel because that helps me process. And that is a form of my self-care is to process with my friends and people who I trust. So obviously I'm not going around telling everyone about, you know, some bad body image days because it can feel conceited. It can feel like, oh, I think this, my thighs are fat. And someone is like, are you kidding me? You are beautiful. You are slender. You are lean. You're strong. All these great things. But that's not, that doesn't help, right? You're saying these things, or I was saying these things to try to walk it through. Say, hey, I'm having a bad body image day. I want to speak that out because I want to work through it so I don't have this type of bad body image day. We all have those bad body images day, image, image, blah, 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 image days, right? We all have those days, but we don't want them, right? I want to wake up on my queen shit all, all day long, like all day, every day. So when I have these days, I really try to speak out about it because it helps it become real. It helps me initiate working through it because it won't last forever. I know that when I am feeling negative about myself, I know that won't last forever. But if I don't speak out or do something about it when I first feel it, it will last longer. And that's important for everyone who is trying to better themselves. Tell someone, talk to someone about these thoughts you are having, someone you trust. Talk to them about it, whatever you're going through. So to kind of pull back in, because I was talking so negatively about myself, I didn't think I deserved love. I didn't think anyone would love me because I don't love myself. Why would they love me if I'm this tall, big bone, thick, strong, muscular, aggressive, abrasive girl, intimidating, right? All these negative words describing myself. This is what I was saying to myself 
but not out loud. Why would anyone love me? No one wants that, right? I was creating this lie, this fake narrative, which we all do it. We create these narratives to kind of validate what we're going through. Another one would be um, a test. You have this huge test coming up and you don't want to study. It's in three months from now. You don't want to study because, well, it's three months away and you do better when it's closer. Well, if you studied earlier, you'd probably retain more information. Um, and if you did it consistently, you might have a higher chance of passing. Well, the truth with that comes from, well, maybe I'm just not smart enough. Maybe I, I don't, maybe I'm not smart enough to pass this test. Maybe I don't deserve this test, right? Or this certification or whatever. I don't deserve to pass. Why? You don't think you're smart enough? Where does that come from? Why don't you think you're smart enough? And on the previous, why, why don't you think you deserve love? It's not because you think you're fat. Where does that stem from? So I'll tell you, I'll tell you my experience. With the self-love and loving on myself, I actually, and if you heard this in another podcast, I did this inner child meditation. It was fantastic. And what I learned about myself is that when I was younger, I didn't feel like I had someone to love on me. I didn't have someone to tell me they're proud of me. There you go. And it carries, it carries with you. And it's crazy to think about that when you're so young, the effects that it has, the effects that last throughout your adulthood. And it, it's a lot more complicated than that. But when I kind of dove deep and I looked at my younger self, I held her hand. I held her hand and I looked at my younger self and I just wanted to cry. I wanted to hug her I wanted her to know that everything was going to be okay and everything is going to be fine and you are loved and you are beautiful from the inside out. And don't forget it. And I'm proud of you. Those are the things that I needed to hear when I was younger. And of course, when you're younger, you don't know that. But finding the source you can't change that, right? I can't change my childhood. I can't change my past. But finding out that feeling, understanding that feeling has helped me move forward, has helped me love myself a little more. I was able to find the source of this kind of negative energy and sadness, find the root cause, accept it, 
feel validated that yes, that happened, or this is what was lacked. But now, now that you know this, it's your job as an adult, or it's, excuse me, it's my job as in my life as an adult to change my future, to alter it so that I can always love myself in every form. That's a little insight into me. And I didn't think this was going to get so heavy. <laughs> but that is my favorite form of self-care. And again, I couldn't even tell you the step-by-steps because it looks different for everyone. And yes, some nights you need that bubble bath and a glass of wine and a face mask and to just completely pamper yourself. But if you are running yourself into the ground and thinking negatively about yourself or others or situations, if you hate your job, if you're running yourself into the ground six days a week and then you have one day a week to really reflect and do the pampering, that's not right. That is not right. And if you're feeling stressed or burnt out with things opening back up, regular schedule or busy schedule, find a couple minutes multiple times a day to do something for yourself in the form of self-care. So this can look like a two-minute gratitude journal, a two-minute meditation, a two-minute breathing exercise, a five-minute walk. It's not watching Netflix. It's not multitasking while you drink your coffee, while you get ready for the day. It's sitting down with yourself and listening to your thoughts. Listen to where your thoughts go. It's amazing, you guys. It's really fascinating to learn about yourself. And once you do, once you're like, oh shit, this is why I am the way I am. I don't want to be like that anymore. I want to be more like this. You change your behaviors and you almost become addicted to it. You almost love it so much that you want to do it all the time. But let me tell you, starting is probably the hardest part. And they always say knowing is half the battle when it's really not true. Knowing is barely the battle at all. You still got a whole war going on. Knowing is not half the battle. Knowing is the first part of the battle. So you got to know yourself, know where this came, these behaviors, thoughts came from, and then take that step forward into action. Action is the whole battle. It's the goddamn war. Action. So that's kind of my form of self-care is to really dive into your own psyche and process. I say that word a lot, but giving your time, giving space to process. And I think I use that word a lot because in my past, I have had a short fuse where I react really quickly and 
I get angry pretty quick. And it's most of the time with things I can't control. I can't control other people. I can't control the weather. I can't control these shitty drivers on the roads. You know, I cannot control COVID. I can't control what the governor says to do, right? I can't control that. Once I've accepted why I can't control that, or actually even further, why do I feel like I want to control that? Why does this sense of control make me feel better? But in turn, it really doesn't. What does make me feel better, and this is something I've had to learn through my self-care, is letting go. Letting go of control and surrendering makes me feel better. So it's really interesting. Really, really interesting stuff. Self-care is a mindset. It's a way that you move through spaces and actions that follow. Self-care is more preventative and it's necessary. And it ties in a lot with your own personal growth and well-being. Self-care starts with what you believe in. And how I said about that word deserve, so it's an iffy word, I try to use it minimally, but I deserve to be a priority. Queen shit, baby, queen shit. I don't have to earn love, I am enough as I am. The world has never seen someone like me. I'm special as fuck, I'm unique. Mama queen shit. Bet. And to reiterate, self-care and self-love are different. And how you self-care, or how often you do it, how frequently and consistently you do it, is not a measure of your self-love. You can still love, 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 love yourself without doing much self-care. But I encourage you to think, that if you don't love yourself, you may want to look into different inner modalities of self-care that can maybe help promote your self-love. I'm going to leave it there, guys. I think you guys get it. I challenge you to try something new this week that makes you feel good, that makes you better, that makes you feel like a fucking queen. The queen that you are. Or king. I know some men listen to this as well. <laughs> stay safe. Stay healthy. Thanks for listening, guys. We're going to have more episodes coming up soon. Bye.